Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Monday, December 7th. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's how we're making you smarter today. The fate of the Senate hangs on Georgia. Plus, how power is shifting in philanthropy. But first, President Trump's final push to restrict immigration is today's one big thing. In his final days in office, President Donald Trump is trying to cement his legacy on immigration. The past four years have been marked by hardline policies. So what can we expect in these final weeks? Steph Kite covers immigration for Axios. Steph, are you hearing a renewed sense of urgency within the administration to push through some final policies in these final weeks? Absolutely. You know, immigration is one of those few issues that the president has a lot of power over. And we've seen throughout his presidency that Trump has done a lot on immigration. And I think we can certainly expect them to continue to push through final changes and rules to get them through that process and into action. Steph, I know we've seen some of these last minute changes in the past couple of weeks, things like giving immigration officials more leeway and deciding who can get a green card Another change in particular is a longer U.S. citizenship test. What does that look like? The administration rolled out a new version of that test that makes it longer and in many ways harder. And some of the questions even kind of hint at more conservative worldviews. And it's something that a lot of immigration advocates have been quite concerned about. Can you give us an example like what some of those questions are? There's a question that says, who does a U.S. senator represent? And before this version of the test, the answer was all people of the state. But now the answer is citizens in the state, which, again, just points to a more restrictive view of who senators actually represent. We also saw on Friday a federal judge rule that the Trump administration has to restore DACA. That's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. And this is a big loss for an administration that's been trying to undo this program for years. That said, there's several state attorneys general that would also like to see an end to DACA. Are the legal challenges for DREAMers maybe not over? Certainly not. In particular, there's a lawsuit in Texas that could potentially challenge the legality of the DACA program. And now that the Supreme Court has more conservatives on the court, there is definitely concern that DACA could be found to be illegal overall, which would then force Congress to put something into law. President-elect Joe Biden has made it clear he supports DACA and will reinstate it. What else do we know about his administration's immediate actions on immigration? They actually have a pretty aggressive day one list, including ending some of the bans that the Trump administration has put in place, particularly the one on people who are traveling from a handful of Muslim-majority nations. There are several things that Biden can do by executive action, and it will be easy for him to quickly undo many of the Trump administration's policies. The big picture here is that President Trump is running out of time to deliver on a lot of the promises he made to restrict immigration. And in the final weeks of his presidency, he's enacting policies, some of which will be harder for President-elect Biden to undo. Steph Kite covers politics and immigration for Axios. We'll be back in 15 seconds with why the Georgia Senate races are so important. Welcome back to Axios Today. It's the last day to register to vote in Georgia, where the election isn't over. And in fact, early voting begins soon for two races that will determine control of the U.S. Senate. Axios co-founder Mike Allen is here with the State of Play in Georgia. Good morning, Mike. Happy Monday, Nyla. Mike, where are we at with these races? Nyla, for the next 29 days, people in D.C. who are keeping their eye on the ball are keeping their eye 
on Georgia. We're going to find out if Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is going to stay that or if he's going to become Senate Minority Leader. So these two races in this one state are suddenly the object of fascination by every party, every interest group. And that's showing up, of course, in money. Money's a huge part of this. More than $300 million has been spent on advertising in Georgia. But they've also had a number of high-profile visitors, including President Trump. He held a rally on Saturday. And I wonder how much is his presence helping Republican candidates? Or is it hurting? Well, Republicans definitely think that it could help. But they have a massive problem down there. President Trump has convinced the Trump base that the elections are fixed, rigged, so now what if they don't come out and vote? So his trip into Georgia on Saturday night was designed to fix that. He talked for an hour and 41 minutes. It was mostly about his race and his grievances. Oh, he'd actually won Georgia. No, he didn't. He'd actually won Wisconsin. No, he didn't. But he's continuing to say this to his base. And the concern among the Republicans who were texting me that night was confusion that People are likely to remember one thing, that one thing is probably going to be the system is rigged, and that's a problem for Republicans. Mike, what are you watching for in this race? Now this race is going to show us how durable some of the demographic trends that we saw in November are. So Georgia, which has been a deep red state as long as you and I have been alive, is now looking like a swing state. Joe Biden won it, barely, but he won. And yet these two Republican senators are favored. So this race will tell us a lot about whether the demographic changes that made Georgia a temporary swing state, whether that was a fluke or whether it's a foreshadowing. Axios co-founder Mike Allen with some Monday morning analysis for us. Thank you, Mike. Now I have the best week. When it comes to big philanthropy, there's a traditional way of thinking about how they decide what to do with all the money they have. And essentially, very rich people donate lots of money and tell people what to do with it. But now this is changing. Felix Simon, Axios' chief financial correspondent, is here to tell us how. Felix, let's start with something you wrote. The golden rule of philanthropy you reference is not the golden rule that I know. The golden rule of philanthropy is he who has the gold makes the rules. This has been the case for a century that the person who gives the money away gets to decide how the money is spent, which is often not the places where it can actually have the best effect. So why is it changing now? One of the reasons is that we are a little bit more conscious of the way that our privilege can make it hard for us to see what's really going on in the world. Another thing is that the egos are maybe a little bit smaller. For instance, No one will accuse Jeff Bezos of having a small ego, but his ex-wife says, look, I have a lot of money. I don't really deserve this money. I just know that there are very needy groups out there, and I'm going to ask them where the money should be spent and how the money should be spent. And this is something which is very, very slowly taking off. I'm not saying it's a massive trend, but we're beginning to see this. This is just one little portion of a deep dive that Felix and a bunch of people at Axios did on philanthropy. I will tweet out the link. Felix Salmon is Axios's chief financial correspondent. Thank you, Felix. Thank you, Nyla. Finally, today is the 79th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. 
that killed 2,400 people. Ships are burning, buildings are burning, everybody's shooting, noisy there. Mickey Ganich was a sailor stationed as a lookout when the Japanese bombed the Hawaiian naval base during the Second World War. I had a bird's eye view of what was going on there. Mm-hmm. It was kind of scary, and I didn't have anything to do except being a lookout. Even though he's 101 now, in a recent interview with the USS Hornet Museum, those memories were still fresh. He told the Associated Press this year he'll be watching a live stream of the annual remembrance ceremony from the safety of his home in California. He's attended that ceremony almost every year for the past two decades. And he's hoping next year the pandemic won't stop him from visiting for the 80th anniversary. That's all we've got for you today. You can reach our team at podcasts at Axios.com or find me on Twitter. My handle is Nyla Boodoo. Tomorrow, we have a special Axios investigation more than a year in the making. You won't want to miss it. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Stay safe and thanks for listening. 